If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Oh, he has trouble with the snap. Get your mouth shut. Get your mouth shut. Jerk. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. If worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. Hey, how's everyone doing out there? Welcome to a Word Hole Media presentation of the Limp Ditkas Podcast. I'm Pete. I'm Ryan. Welcome to the Limp Ditka's podcast. We're just a couple of Chicago pricks united by our hatred of University of Michigan football and the Chicago Bears. Uh, yeah, we've got an interesting show. We have a ridiculous college football playoff rankings recap. We're going to correct that by doing our own Limp Six, our top six picks. Show the Show those idiots where the fuck they went wrong. Uh, we have a Michigan State loss to deal with. Uh, we'll break that down. We've got also Notre Dame victory over the Naval Academy, I believe. Yeah, the crushing. I might even throw in a little bonus maction here as it's a Wednesday night. We had some Wednesday night maction last week during our podcast. I need to bring up as my alma mater, Central Michigan, defeated our arch rivals, Western Michigan. So I've got to bring that up at some point. Sounds we're like gonna, you already did. Yeah, we're, well, we're I've got done. a lot more. <laughs> uh, then we've got pro football to talk about. My Lions were off, uh, fortunately. Well, I, um, yeah, don't bury the lead, though. Yeah, well, we've got... The Lions didn't lose this week. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll talk about that. The, the obligatory jokes are flying about the Lions not losing. We did have a bizarre week of NFL football. Oh, that yeah, included we a bizarre. talk about that. Yeah, they included a bizarre loss for your Chicago, or your Dallas. Not mine. My your, Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys had weirdness, and then the. It, we'll get into it. We'll get into the Bears because yeah. it's going to be the one time where the calls did not even out in the game. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and kick this motherfucker off. Wow, uh, I you you can go on this, but I just want to say one thing before you get into this, and I I started to allude to it last week i thought but i bring back the computer that's all i have to yeah, say it's funny because everyone was like so sick of the computer element they wanted, I they wanted the human the element i and, always liked the computer because it included the human element and included the element of the ap and the coaches poll those were included in that and then they plugged in the strength of schedule it, 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 which which none of these dimwits, and I'm calling them dimwits already, have to take into account. All right, go ahead, Ryan. Well, I think one thing you need to keep in mind with this college football playoff committee is this is all completely designed to be a television show. This is pure entertainment. Uh, these first, whatever, five, six weeks they do this, it is purely for consumption, purely for... Uh, you and I, to idiots like us that make a goddamn podcast about football to, to rant and rave about. It is for social media clicks. It is the ultimate clickbait, actually, because uh, they're, they're essentially just trolling the American public with this with this show until the final show. Uh, that is the one that really counts. None of this means anything. Uh, it's, it's just entertainment. Uh, they are definitely entertaining. I've got some theories about that, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think in the history of the, the playoff committee, if the final four has been terribly egregious, I, no, and I, I, I think, think you're usually, right on that. Yeah. They usually get it right by the, by the final four, or if, it, you know, it wouldn't be four teams that everyone disagrees on. There might be one that I think, uh, Ohio state got in over a big 10 champion Penn state one year. And that was seemed a little bit ridiculous, but Fuck both those schools. Who cares? Um, but I don't remember. I guess I'm going to reserve judgment again this year until the final show. But they are showing some incredible inconsistencies. And I feel like it's a troll job almost, on, especially on Michigan State. Um, you know, because contrary to you know popular belief, Michigan State did indeed beat Michigan. But uh, I think it's now 10 day, 11 days ago. 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe we were both standing there in Callahan's backyard on a Saturday afternoon. I'm pretty sure I witnessed Michigan State finally defeating Michigan, but I think the final score was 37 to 33. But correct. Apparently, you, that, everything you said is a truth so far. <laughs> well, I am using facts, and apparently, the the playoff committee is using feelings as they they're the committee chairman. I forget his fucking name officially said after the show or after the rankings were released uh, that they felt that Michigan was the more complete team. And that is why they ranked them number six. Were they number six in state? Yeah, it must have been six. six. Well, in in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean shit. Uh, Because if Michigan State wins out, wins their last three, possibly four games, if they make it to the Big Ten Championship... They're going to go to the playoffs. If Michigan wins out, uh, that would mean you know they would beat Ohio State. I, I think they could both be in the playoffs. So Michigan State can complain about it, and it, it's ridiculous. It's an in, it's an in-state thing. Uh, it's it's. Uh, I think everyone understands it, but it's definitely key to uh, someone from Michigan. Uh, as Michigan fans have always, you know, looked down their noses at Michigan State. Uh, so there, there's there's a reason why that little brother comment always comes out, and it it's a it's a little brother complex almost that Michigan State has to their big brother, Michigan, who is a world renowned uh, educational institution. Uh, I think in the history of the game. You'd be surprised how close their resumes match up as Michigan's is a little bloated, but um, there's a, there is an inferiority complex. So <clears throat> this playoff committee just fed into that. And that's why Michigan state fans are freaking out. Fortunately, I feel like this is a national outcry. This is not just Michigan state people. It, it seemed like the, the nation is, is seeing the injustice in Michigan being ranked ahead of Michigan state just 10 days after they beat them. You know, in every every football, every level of football, you know, the first the first uh, determination of where you where you stand is record. And if your records are the same, the ne- the first the very first tiebreaker is head to head. That that is in pro football. That is in college football div- uh, conferences and divisions. It's in high school football. It's in junior high. It's everywhere. So for the playoff committee to suddenly, you know, not recognize that is just bizarre, especially when they made it a point even the week before a a really good, a a well executed uh, idea that Oregon should be ranked ahead of Ohio State because they have the same record and Oregon beat Ohio State the head to head. So they were following that. I think I praised them last week about that. There are a few instances in the rankings where they just they chose to put the head to head winner ahead of the other <laughs> somehow they did not do that with Michigan State and I again like as I, 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 I as I, I preface this it's meaningless <clears throat> cuz this is just a big TV show this doesn't mean anything plus you know state still holds their destiny in their hand but it's just, it just is unreal and it makes you makes you question the judgment of these this 13 person committee whether they can execute by the by the end of this. Fortunately, I think it's going to be it's going to be all worked out in the end, and most of this is just going to work itself out on the field. I don't think there's going to well, we never know, but I think there's a there's a pretty simple way that this is all going to work out. Mainly because Michigan and Michigan State still have to face Ohio State. I don't think either of them are going to beat Ohio State, so they're they're going to be out of this out of this in a matter of weeks anyway. So unfortunately but i don't know as an outsider were you i'm guessing you weren't quite as outraged but i have i have a feeling you you can see some injustice at least well i just the whole thing's puzzling like if you're just and i don't i don't know what like you said we said over and over again they're just guys sitting around looking at teams and and making their judgment and putting their votes in what's interesting uh I follow bcsknowhow.com, which is the, the Twitter site that has the computer statistics. Mm-hmm. So they actually run the BCS computer nice. analytics every week. The same formula that they Yeah, have. the same formula. So what's interesting, and I just, just this is worth talking about, is 
the computer would have put Michigan State behind Michigan. Okay, well, that's interesting. Game um, game control and other uh, weird yeah, things you yeah. never hear so, about. So this week, there the the simulated BCS ranking is Georgia, Alabama, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Michigan State. Wow, is your top eight? Then Oregon, Oregon, and Oklahoma State. So that's all taken in. Uh, whatever it waits, the AP poll, the coaches, the coaches. There's like seven strength, polls, I believe. If yes, I remember that. strength of schedule, yeah, all that. And by Michigan, Michigan State essentially helped push Notre Dame up in that because they lost to Purdue. Yeah, yeah. and that helped Notre Dame. Yeah, I know. Well, in that scenario, <laughs> we'll get to that. Doesn't help them in this scenario, but this is why. I always felt like the BCS computer was so much more fun because like you're, you could, you could, you could be like nine and oh, but if the, if the teams you beat all are losing behind you, you're, you may not even be in the, in the, in the top four. Yeah. You know what but I mean? But that's which why, they've, like, oh, that's why is... they brought this committee together to, to get rid of ridiculous things like that, where a, a program could, could miss that, you know, a team was definitely deserving and didn't but get it, there. But is it? Well, like we said, I don't think we've, we've seen an egregious, you know, no one by the end usually is horribly, uh, upset about the final four that they that they come up with in the early stages, yes. But again, I think I think they're making a TV show, and I think they're just trying to be as dramatic as possible. The, the consequences are zero. It doesn't yeah, cost I Michigan mean, State a thing. It doesn't no, cost Michigan a thing. It doesn't cost them a thing to do this. And in fact, I think it brings in revenue because they do shit like this. Because the whole world was talking about it today. Um. I have another theory though, and it's it comes back to the the final four. But I think they were making making a big. They knew this would be a big deal. The, the chairman said that they they debated this six versus seven for a half hour specifically whether state was going to be ahead of Michigan or not. I think they they put this. They did this. They knew it would be a big deal to draw attention away from the fact that they continue to rank Alabama at number two, which essentially guarantees no matter what happens down the stretch, pretty much that two SEC teams are going to be in the final in the final four. Cause you've got Georgia in the East Alabama in the West. They will most likely meet in the SEC championship game where Georgia's undefeated and Alabama has one loss. If Alabama wins that, you would say, well, the number number two team just beat the number one team, and they're you know they're both have one loss, so we'll put them both in the in the final four. If Georgia wins, Alabama would have two losses, but they would say, well, we've had them at ranked at number two all this time. They just lost to the number one team, as we would have predicted. So maybe we'll just move them down to three or four, but they they will remain in in the playoffs. So I think I think it's one of the. You know, as egregious as I think the Michigan State versus Michigan ranking is, I think the more dire, con- the, the of more consequence is them re- retaining Alabama, who barely beat LSU in Tuscaloosa this week, 20 to 14, and they could have easily lost on a last second pass. Uh, they're keeping them at number two despite their loss earlier to Texas AM. They're just kind of quietly, oh, yeah, it's just Alabama. They're just number two. So they've, they've essentially guaranteed, no matter what happens going forward, that they're they're going to have two SEC teams in, which I think is it's just bullshit. I mean, it's just reputation. It's it is, you know, ratings. But furthermore, I think what this this is leading to and you're, you're actually going to like this. And you've mentioned this several times. It, it's they're going to pick the four teams that bring in the greatest ratings and will bring in the greatest revenue. And the way this is set up, Ohio state's definitely going to be in just like I said, Georgia and Alabama are already in. I think this is paving the way for Notre Dame to be the number four team. And 
follow you'll be excited to follow this and maybe you've already seen how this is this most likely will play out anyway but Notre Dame is now ranked number nine they moved up from number 10 I believe you were last week yeah so you've got you've got to move up five five spots essentially five teams need to move out of your way well like I said I think both Michigan and Michigan State are going to move out of the way and lose to Ohio State if one of those beats Ohio State uh, and the other loses, there's going to be two teams. Ohio State's going to get, you know, they'll have two losses. Notre Dame will move past that. Uh, regardless, I think Michigan and Michigan State are going to be gone out of that, be, at least out of Notre Dame's way. So then you've got Cincinnati, Oklahoma. No, Oklahoma is not. Well, Oklahoma's, Oklahoma's eight. Okay, yeah, they are eight for this. I I think Oklahoma's probably going to lose at some point because they always they always fuck this up. They'll probably lose to Oklahoma State. And in fact, I think they'll probably have to, if I have this right, they might even have to beat Oklahoma State twice because uh, they'll play them in the regular season and I think they'd play in the championship game. So That would be back-to-back weeks too because <laughs> the last game of the season is Oklahoma-Oklahoma State. I thought when I looked at that on the schedule. I could be wrong about that, but my, my thesis is Oklahoma is not that great. I think we've all seen that. They've been pretty mediocre. I think they're going to find a way to fuck this up. I have the same thought about Oregon and Cincinnati. Because, uh, I mean, you've seen Cincinnati. They they got past Notre Dame. And this is where the interesting thing is going to come up. But this is where I think the committee is paving the way for teams that bring in the, the largest revenues and get the most eyes on their precious playoff. And Notre Dame would be that fourth team easily. So I could... I think they would, even at, with the same record, and even if Cincinnati had the head-to-head over Notre Dame, they will let Notre Dame in because they just set the precedent. They can just say, we feel that Notre Dame is the better team, and they could say the early loss versus the late loss you know, makes makes the difference. So I'm saying this four weeks out, I believe, is, is the final poll. I think Notre Dame is going to be your number four team. Now, Notre Dame, of course, has to win out, and I... They're going to take advantage of the the easy schedule down the stretch that you mentioned uh, in previous weeks. I think, um, what, did you say Virginia would be their most difficult Yeah, game? that's that's this week. So once that's okay. out of the way, it's 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 a win. It's it's definitely a win out after well, that point. You heard it here first, and not from a domer like you. Uh, I, I'm saying Notre Dame's making this playoff, and as long as you take care of Virginia, this if you guys take care of your business, you guys are going to be in because – this committee is starting to set up things in a perfect fashion for you. It's just a few things need to need to work themselves out, but I think they will. Yeah, I mean, I I said that a few weeks ago, not not even being as a domer, being as once you saw this committee come in, that they're they've got an agenda. And we've agreed on the agenda. The agenda is to generate revenue for College football. Yeah. That's why it's a show to your point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's generating revenue for college football. They're getting TV revenue by putting these these folks on a show. I mean it sucks, but it's my favorite show on TV. I, I am dying for Tuesday nights when this when it comes out. And it was like extra frustrating last night because they pushed it back because they're starting their college basketball season. So they played it between between games. It was Normally it's at seven, seven o'clock here. It was like nine 30 here before they had the show on. And I was just going crazy. Uh, and then they did that shit, uh, which drove me more crazy, but now I'm going to be dying next week to go see it at, uh, at seven o'clock on a Tuesday of uh, not much going on in, in mid Michigan in November. So I think they've, they've got us where they want us. And I, I'm, I'm not too ashamed to admit I, I have fallen for their trick. I am spending <laughs> spending the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes of our podcast devoted to them and their shenanigans. So you win college football playoff committee, but hopefully hopefully uh, cooler heads will prevail and they will actually have, there will be some justice by the end of it. I, and again, I think they'll, they'll probably get bailed out uh, as you know, things are so complicated right now with so many weeks to go and so many different things can happen. Usually these things work themselves out, but we're starting to see the path and how things are, how things could work out. And I'm seeing a favorable one for your favorable, 
favorable path for your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Well, it's very favorable to your point when you're trying to get the, t- the, the teams in there that generate the most TV revenue and names like Cincinnati and Oregon just don't do that for no. them. Yeah. Which, which, unfortunately, in, in, in has always been an issue with college football from whenever you, you talk about college football going way back to when it used to just be like, you know, following the AP polls and, and the coaches' polls. I mean, there always seems to have been favoritism from Notre Dame to, to towards Notre Dame, which is why I've never – when someone tells me they hate Notre Dame, I'm like, I get it. I understand why. Like, I, I, I don't even, I don't even try to say. I, there's no argument for me. I get it because you don't see it as much when you're a younger kid. Like, you don't get what's really going on. But as I got older and watched, I'd be like, really? Um, but for the college committee to put them in, if if somehow Cincinnati is not lost or something like that, would yeah. just be they just complete, that would just, just set the com- precedent completely ridiculous if they had held to their their standard that they had been doing that we praised them for of putting like i said the head-to-head winners uh, ahead of like uh, you know oregon ahead of ohio state then they would have nothing to stand up and now that they've set the precedent that none of this fucking matters that they can easily do this to, to cincinnati so I, I think that that is that is my conspiracy theory so why why don't you and I write write this wrong and well, once again come up with our LDP top six, the limp six as we like to call it? I think I can I think I'm gonna guess what your what your top six are if, if you wanna play this play the game this way. <laughs> you you probably know what it, you may know in from earlier today what my top six is. I don't know. Well, let's let's uh we can start with Georgia, obviously number one. That's easy, yeah. Did you put Oklahoma at number two? Mm-mm, I keep, I've been having uh, or Cincinnati. Uh, well, I would have to move Cincinnati up to number two because or I had MSU. Have... I, I had MSU last week at number two, so Cincinnati Correct. would move up to number two. Okay, so Cincy at number two, Oklahoma yeah. at number three. No, I would. I would personally still have Alabama. Alabama at three. At three. Okay, yeah. then in Oklahoma. Okay. Then we've got. Uh, I, I think you would have. See now, maybe I can't guess what you have. I think you got to have. Well, you you never put Ohio State in. No, Oregon. fuck Ohio State. <laughs> uh, well, you've got to have Oregon someplace. Yeah, that's Oregon. Okay, and then, and then where are we at? Well, then I'm. I mean, I'm gonna just go with the number six pick from the simulated BCS and put Notre Dame at number six this week. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I couldn't guess at all. I was way off. You, <laughs> I didn't know you had computers working to your advantage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now that I have this at my disposal and things are righted in the, in, in, on Twitter, now that Twitter is, has put the Bible out on how things should be done. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be using that as a loose guide every week. Yeah. After the whole world decided that is not how things should be done. It should be. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you and your computer. Well, that's, that's fine. We're not okay. going to, we're not going to drag that out because that's just, <laughs> that's just that that's an easy line to draw. That's just something two people just don't agree on. And there's, we don't have enough time to, yeah. to hash that out. Cause I'm not putting Notre Dame ahead of Michigan or Michigan state, but I'm not putting any of those in the top six. Uh, Cause I don't think any of them deserve it necessarily. I think they're all, you know, seven, eight, nine basically. But uh, so, I, well, we can just agree to it then we've got Georgia, Georgia, number one, put Cincy at number two. I'd like to have Oklahoma at number three, just to have the three that, undefeated. That's cool. Then I can live with Alabama at four. Then I was going to do Oregon and Ohio State. Um, I mean, I think Ohio State is is in the top six in the country. I, so I'm trying to figure out why people think the Big Ten is such a great conference this year. Uh, like the, well, the like like the reason the reason like there's the reason in again going. It, it, the computer measures the level of talent. The mm. SEC has a better level of talent than the Big Ten. There are inherent biases that you, you're you're not recognizing in this in the BCS because it's using human polls to do the majority of the work for it. 
it, it is using it's using six different polls that are just people voting and then it uses you know like a basically like a like an rpi rating where yeah it, it takes right. a, that that i find more valid than anything but Again, I don't know. You you could make the same argument about the about the SEC. Like, who, why does everyone always think the SEC is so good? Like, who, who's great in the SEC besides Georgia? Like, what what else is there? So, I don't know. Who would you replace for number six? We're well, I mean, like, let, let's just let's just do a Big Ten example. Illinois won again this week. They beat who was the twentieth <laughs> ranked Minnesota Golden Indeed. Gophers. Minnesota's another a another ranked Big Ten team that Illinois knocked off. Like, and there's like there's like three lost Big Ten teams in the top twenty five. Like, Purdue what is going? In. Yeah. yeah, what's going on? Yeah, like, it doesn't good. make any it doesn't make any sense. Well, let's let's agree on our number six. If you do, if we don't have Ohio State in, I can't put Notre Dame in over no, Michigan, uh, Michigan State. Who who would you have? Oh, uh... <laughs> that's this is where I think you have to you have to let go of of your anger. <laughs> okay, I mean, are you gonna go like drop down to? I mean, Wake Forest isn't you, you could do like Oklahoma State. You could do Oklahoma State. I, I can't do that. I can't put my name on Oklahoma State in our top six over Ohio State. I didn't even want. I mean, I've already compromised. I didn't want Alabama in this, but I'm letting them in for the same reasons I, I would let in Ohio State because I think. Well, was... fine. We'll put Ohio State at six with an asterisk. Okay. <laughs> All right. I can I can put the asterisk in the graphic next week. There, thank you. See, this is how the committee has to work. They have to fight. They have to fight each other. There's 13 people. I did hear. There are you had some questions about how that committee was made up. Um, there are two representatives from each of the power five conferences on that committee. Now, that that would only be 10 people. So I don't know who the other three people are. So that might be where there is an extra Big Ten person. I think you were complaining about a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but it's I don't not know if I was complaining, just pointing it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh so I, I, I mean, they, they do a good job. I think a, a decent job of not, you know, letting it, letting it be too biased one way or the other. But again, it's all, it's a TV show. So I won't, I'm not going to get any more fired up than we already have for the, the first half hour of the show. But <laughs> I do have to mention now that we are, we've, we've righted the, righted the wrongs. Uh, there's sort a reason of. why all <laughs> there's a reason why this all came came to a, a boil and it could have been avoided if Michigan State just had taken care of business in West Lafayette, Indiana and beaten up on the Purdue Boilermakers or as everyone likes to call them, the spoiler Couldn't makers. overcome the drum, man. Yeah, the world's largest drum. It's it's tough to deal with. I actually I don't know if you recall, but I did mention this briefly going into this game last week on the pod that that is a trap game it was a trap game and a trap. I, in fact i had seen this almost identical scenario and i couldn't remember what year it was and canopic yes, go remind, ahead canopic reminded me 1999 Ooh, do you remember 1990 actually we yeah. were friends we were friends by 1990 i think we, we, uh, we started working together in 98 maybe, maybe yeah, 97. yeah i mean the only thing I remember about 1999 was you were supposed to party like it was 1999. But... I know. I know one thing. We had the the fantasy hockey league on spread. That was 1998. Okay. So we that's were that why I don't. Rem- that's why I don't remember it because I had to <laughs> spend most of my time running hockey stats through an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> it was those are dark times. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so did the hockey news come in yet? <laughs> Canopic remembered that we did indeed travel to West Lafayette in 1999. Uh, a Mich- an undefeated Michigan State team led by a young Nick Saban as their head coach oh! still took the team to La- West Lafayette, and he, Tanner, myself, I forget the whole the whole crew drove down there. By the way, West Lafayette. It's not an impressive place. Mm. They have like one, even... good, one good breakfast joint, like right, right in town. But that's about all I can think of. It's, that was. It sounds terrible. Yeah, West Lafayette. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, that that's most of Indiana, though. But um, true that. True that. Well, the undefeated Spartans went into West Lafayette that fateful 1999 day, <laughs> and uh, 
a young Drew Brees took care of business. Ah, yes. The spoiler makers back then ruined an undefeated season for the Michigan State Spartans. So I, I was a little wary, and they have a they have a reputation as being the spoiler makers. Even this year, they beat number two Iowa at the time at Iowa. So this is not this is not unheard of. And of course, Michigan State fell right into that trap. Uh, they were really outclassed the whole game. They, they made it they made it competitive in the second half, and it had a shot, but couldn't take advantage of a couple opportunities. And it was I, there was no question about it. they were they were not the they were beaten by the better team that day. So I'm not going to complain about that. I'm disappointed that Mel Tucker couldn't have his team ready to play. Uh, there was no, you know, there's no question about Purdue's game plan. They were going to throw the fucking ball. Uh, and now Michigan state has allowed 1000 yards in the last two games in passing between Michigan and Purdue. Um, Yikes! Yeah, they—they, ha- I believe they have the worst-rated secondary in in all of college football right now. So, that's a problem, uh, and it might be a, a limitation of personnel more than anything. It's not, maybe not scheme. Maybe it's just they don't have the horses to in the secondary to take care of it. They had a, they had a few injuries, but you know most of that team was built through the transfer portal. So, I think they need once their lack of depth is exposed, it is really exposed now. So I'm a little wary of. Spartans chances down the stretch because any team that actually throws the ball, including this weekend against Maryland, uh, they could be, in, they could be in trouble. Fortunately, Michigan state's offense is still, uh, quite formidable. In fact, uh, can Kenneth Walker, the third still had a hundred close to 150 yards and a touchdown. So he is still the Heisman leader. I would say at this point, no uh, doubt he's got, wow. he leads the I nation in rushing. Yeah. Hopefully they don't use the same committee committee for the Heisman. <laughs> yeah, it's a similar committee. Uh, the, he's got 1,330 yards rushing, leading the nation. He's got 15 touchdowns now. That does not lead the nation, but it's amongst the leaders. So if he continues to put up 150 yards and gets gets a touchdown every week, I think I think this is a, a shoe, and especially after last week in his Heisman moment uh, against Michigan with five touchdowns and 200 yards. So hopefully they've got that shirt up. Um, so yeah, uh, like I said, Michigan state might have some issues with Maryland and their passing attack. Uh, they should be able to take care of them, but now my confidence is shaken regardless. I don't see how they're going to beat Ohio state down, uh, in, especially in Columbus in two weeks. So we'll see. Um, that's all I've got. I've kind of monopolized this, but I did mention your Notre Dame Fighting Irish earlier, and I and how I think they are going yeah. to get to the finals. Well, I mean, they rolled the midshipmen like they should, which was something they were having trouble uh, doing towards the start of the season. Games that they should have won easily, they were barely winning. This game, however, they won thirty-four to six. It was uh, a fun game to watch. Uh, again, though, the first half was a little bit eh. Um, they seem to the last few games be getting their act together in the second half to make these games a lot further um, than than um, they are for at least a half to three quarters of the game, but they always pull away in the end. So, um, like I said, it's Virginia this week in Virginia. They're six and three. They're their only winning opponent left on the schedule. Oh um, wow. So uh, they close out with Stanford, who's like three and three and six going into this week. One of those wins is against Oregon, though. Yeah, there you go. So, um, yeah, it, it again, they win this week. There's no reason to I don't see a loss then uh, after that. I, I would I would just pencil a win in this week if they were playing at home. But yeah. since they seem to have had so much trouble when they go on the road this year, um you can't take anything for granted. So and now I put uh, that extra pressure on them. As oh this yeah, game. I'm, well, I'm this sure. game, everything rides on this game. I'm sure, Kelly's been he's probably tuned in right now, <laughs> watching this. Bra, what up? <laughs> so anyway, um, I think they'll Central win. Michigan coach. I, I think they'll the win. The question will be how convincing will the win be, and how does that affect things for them? So that's all I got for Notre Dame this week. Well, you mentioned Brian Kelly who is the former coach of my alma mater, the Central Michigan Chippewas. 
Uh, I needed to mention the Chippewas because they were actually playing during our last podcast, episode 23, as they were playing on a Wednesday night, as they are again on a Wednesday night. Uh, They're playing Kent State right now. But last week, they were playing our arch rivals, Western Michigan, an ancient rivalry. Uh, In fact, there's a a trophy now associated with the game because every college game in Michigan apparently has to have a trophy, or at least in the Big Ten. Um, in the in the Midwest, um, yeah, the, it's the victory cannon for whatever reason. Uh, neither neither school is a military school, and neither has anything to do with the Civil War. So I'm not really sure what a cannon has to do with anything. And I was I was texting Canopic like, I mean, I drank a lot at college, but I can't believe I would completely black out and not know about a a trophy associated with this this ancient rivalry. And he assured me I did not black it out. They, they created this back in 2008, which was uh, 10 years after I graduated. But uh, Central, uh, th- they played on a Wednesday night, which just, you know, that's Maction. You know, the, the, the Mac kind of has made a name by playing on strange nights. You know, they play on Monday and they play on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I think they, they started the whole thing and playing Thursdays back in the day just to get some exposure because, you know, Mac teams aren't typically going to be on TV or certainly not in prime time, but this is a way to get, get some exposure. But they never did that with the central Western game, the, the big rivalry. And it just really annoyed me, uh, you know, seeing, seeing that crowd on a Wednesday night, cold Wednesday night in Kalamazoo. What, what college student is going to be traveling two hours to, to go watch, you know, their football team on a Wednesday night. <laughs> It's just it was just bizarre to, ha- to have a rivalry game like that. I, I thought it would suck. Like that was my one of my favorite memories of college is, is when we did go. We drove on a Saturday morning to Kalamazoo for the for the Western game and tailgated our asses off for hours. And Canopic got his central flag stolen and the Broncos were burning it in the parking lot. We found <laughs> about about a uh, hundred yards away. They had stolen and started burning it. So like it was it was serious. The rivalry is real. Uh, if we weren't at the game on certain years, you know, there, there was a significant police presence because the the history of that is crazy parties and rioting even in the early 90s that was even on CNN. Um, I don't know how people got so fucking rowdy in the early 90s because we couldn't. By the time I was there in the mid 90s, there was a police car essentially on every corner throughout campus and all the student housing areas. Uh, so we would party, but it was definitely muted compared to what they were doing in the eighties and nineties, but early nineties, but it, it just bugged me that they had that such a cool rivalry on a Wednesday night. And it just, it looked sad. And, and in fact, the first half was pretty sad as central is trailing, but, uh, have you ever heard of Khalil Pimpleton? Mm, no. Well, he might be on some Heisman ballots, especially after last Wednesday, because he ran back not one but two punts for touchdowns. Uh, oh. So he, he's actually among the leaders in touchdowns, I believe, this in, in college football. So, uh, yeah, keep keep the name Khalil Pimpleton on your radar. But uh, Central did win forty-two to thirty, capturing the victory cannon. And the pride of all of Mac, the Mac world in Michigan. So yeah, I had to had to mention my alma mater before before we get out of our college section for the week. So there you go, fire Thank up you. chips. Thank you. Uh, so I think that's it for college. Unless you had anything else? No, that's um, all I got. We'll jump into the pro NFL ranks here, but I think we should take a break before we do that. Right here on the Wardhole Media Network. Major League A-Holes in the Hole Podcast, where baseball opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one, and most of them stink. Find us at MajorLeagueAholes.com and anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Limp Ditka's podcast. And we're going to talk a little Cowboys football now and uh, something I didn't see coming, a loss this week. Uh, Nobody saw this coming. Uh, the 6-2 and two Cowboys, who are the most prolific offense at home, scoring 40 points a game at home, just dominating anyone who comes into that stadium, got dominated by the... 500 Denver Broncos, whose uh, 
lost, they sent away their best defensive player, Von Miller, and their defense yeah. still uh, dominated the uh, Cowboys' offense. Um, and you had Dak Pre- Prescott back. Yeah, after after using a uh, Chippewa. Um, Cooper Rush. We got uh, Dak Prescott back, and he looked off. He looked like he had a extra couple weeks off uh, mm-hmm. between you. You talk about he really hasn't played football in three weeks because they had a bye week coming off the injury. So uh, he looked like he hadn't played in a while. He looked like someone might look like in the first game of the season and then started hitting his targets way later in the game that included two garbage touchdowns to take a 30 0 shutout to 30 16 but 30 to nothing at one it was yeah it was 30 to nothing shocking 30 to nothing with like seven minutes to go before they finally how'd you give up 30 points to those fuckers well there was a lot of there was some bizarreness uh there were turnovers but Mm. the real pivotal moment of the game is it's 19 nothing at half and the cowboys defense comes out and they they hold they hold the Broncos and then they put on a block punt and they block the punt. Everything's looking great. Cowboys have the ball on what looks to be the Denver 30-yard line. This is how the third quarter is going to open up. There's there's the entire third quarter is basically left. The Broncos went were going three and out. They had just had an incomplete pass, so the clock had been stopped. There was like 13 minutes to go in the game in the third quarter. So you're thinking seven points all the way. It's going to be 19-17. The, the Cowboys are going to do what they normally do. The Cowboys are a team who definitely really pours it on in the second half, similar to what I was talking about with Notre Dame. It seems to be a similarity in both of my teams, halftime adjustments or whatever. Then the refs are huddled up, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, no. So here's here's an interesting rule in the NFL on a punt. When the punt is blocked, which it was blocked, so to me it's already been touched, but whatever, it's already been touched by the other team. It was touched behind the line of scrimmage. So it's not a live ball yet. What happened is the ball hit the turf and bounced up, and a Cowboy player touched it beyond the line of scrimmage which then turns it into a live ball as if, as if he were the receiver Yeah. for, I was, I was trying which, to figure which, that out, but yeah, it's like then, he's the receiver muffing yeah, a punt almost. Right. Which then led to Denver picking the ball up. Running you can't, it, ad, you can't advance a muff. Yeah. Which doesn't, that doesn't matter. That, <laughs> which that doesn't matter at that point anyway, but you know, he starts running running with it. They tackle him, whatever. He's sure the first down. It doesn't matter. It looks like Cowboys football. Yeah, they huddled up, so the Cowboys do not get the ball back. Instead, the Denver has it with a first down and then keeps the Cowboys defense on the field for like five minutes, five and a half minutes on mm. what went from a total tie-changing game in the Cowboys' direction to a total changing the tide back to the Denver's direction. And the, well, that, that was it. That just punched the Cowboys in the gut. Well, I think, I think what was it? It was being down 30 to nothing. Though. Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say, or what? well, it was only 19, nothing at that point. Oh, when, when, what I'm I saying see. is they get the ball back. It's 19 to seven. Cause they're, they're only 20 yards or they're 25 yards from scoring a touchdown at that ah. point. So it just, it just freaking deflated them. The defense couldn't get off the field. Uh, there were some, you know, there, there were a couple penalties that kept them on the field. Nothing, nothing, uh, 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 erroneous or anything like we're going to talk about in a minute, but, um, yeah, it was, it was just really tough. And then they just looked, I mean, we, we had, we had so many, the Cowboys, you know, the Denver definitely won the game the Cowboys didn't necessarily beat themselves but the Cowboys did help Denver out a lot there's a there's another moment like right after Denver came down and kicked the field goal to make it 22 that the Cowboys are driving it's a key third down Prescott puts it in the gut of Amari Cooper on what would have been a first down and he just drops it like Amari Cooper never does that so like the team was just off so 
It's a bad week. It's pro football. Yeah. They're six and two. They're would have to do a lot to lose the division at this point. Yeah, they're point. still running so, away at the division. Yes. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not terribly I'm not I'm not terribly worried about it. Atlanta's coming into town this week. Should be a win, but you know <laughs> you never they, know. Can't this take is everything to the NFL. Any given Sunday. That's right. Um yeah. And uh yeah, so that that that's my thoughts on the Cowboys. Um shifting gears to a game that I didn't mind watching the Bears lose their fourth game in a row. Monday night uh, football. Monday night football against a not very good Pittsburgh Steelers team. No. Um, after, not. I mean, just to recap the game, Pittsburgh jumps out to a 14 nothing lead, and I'm sitting there going, Jesus, they are just going to roll. That's They're just going to roll them. Yeah. And then Pittsburgh disappeared yeah. uh, offensively. Justin and Fields showed up. Yeah, Justin Fields definitely showed up in the second half, but so did throughout the game the yellow flag. Mm. And it sometimes came out against the Bears in what were some erroneous calls. And then it sometimes stayed in the pocket of the ref when Justin Fields threw a pass. The defender took two and a half steps before hitting him, and he was in the pocket area still. Like, wow. That's 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 a no brainer. That's like that that gets called every week. In fact, lesser penalties get called. The Bears got called for roughing the passer on Ben Roethlisberger from his own player getting pushed into <laughs> him, and his own player hit him in the head. And the there, Bears got the penalty. I think at one point there were fourteen penalties against the Bears and two against the Steelers yeah. in the game. It, it was crazy, including the 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 craziest flag I've ever seen, where a referee basically threw a hip check into into a passerby that happened to be a bear and threw the, threw a flag on him for yes. for contacting a referee. Yes, that that was that was. I mean, it was so bad that Boomer. Did you hear about Boomer Size? Boomer Size and called. For those refs to be suspended for two weeks without pay. Wow. Without I don't pay. know. Hey, 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 I Boomer, Boomer, don't take people's money away. What, what are you I doing over there? I don't, I don't know. what. I think it was without pay. I, I'm saying without pay. Well, hey, without pay. I'm not taking anyone's money away. But what's good, what's good is a suspension if you don't take their money away? Hey. <laughs> Just take, take their ability to fuck up games. They like all have other tonight. jobs anyway. That's true. They're all like dentists, uh, dentists, and lawyers, and, and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. It'll be fine, I guess. What hopefully, they, hopefully that officiating crew is better at their day to day job than they were in calling that game. Yeah, we are united by our hatred for the Chicago Bears, but we were also <laughs> that united was, by how was, ridiculous that game was. Yeah, that was. I mean, I really think the Bears end up winning that game if if all those penalties aren't against yeah. them. And I've got a. I think Justin Fields is going to end up being a pretty damn good quarterback because this is the most I've watched him. And the that the ball he threw at the end of the game when they needed to score and they took the lead, that ball he threw, um, uh, God, I can't, uh, Ellen Robinson on the mm -hmm. sideline. Yeah. I mean, it was, he didn't even have to stop stride. It was yeah. perfect. It was perfectly placed. Didn't stay up in the air too long. Hit him. He kept going. I thought he was gonna score, and they they got him pushed out of bounds at like the six. But damn, like he he deserved to win the game. The Bears deserved to win the game, which is painful for me to say. But hey, I'll I'll take a fourth loss in a row, no matter how it comes for the Bears. So, <laughs> well, you mentioned, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers there, who happen to be the Lions' next opponent. Uh, fortunately, uh, the Lions did not play this past week. It was their bye week, and as you joked and the whole world joked, I saw the same joke 1,000 times maybe on social media. Well, well there you go. Oh, the Lions, Lions didn't, didn't lose this week. They didn't lose this week. In fact, I saw many different versions of uh, by week 27 lions, 24, uh, they lose on a last yes. Second field goal. Yes. I did. The score see may that. have been different on several, but yes. So yes. Ah, ha, ha, hilarious <laughs> lions did not lose. Um, but they do play Pittsburgh this coming week. Uh, it was a bizarre week in football. And I felt like the lions could have taken advantage of it 
has so many upsets and so many unexpected upsets. It seems like the Lions would have been perfectly placed in in that week to to get their get off the schneid and get their first victory. But maybe they can, maybe they can in Pittsburgh because I was not impressed uh, with Ben Roethlisberger and their crew. Uh, I'm guessing that that same officiating crew won't be there and in favor of everything Pittsburgh does and against everything their opponents do. But uh, so maybe, maybe the lions have a shot. I, 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 I think I would never think that uh, going into Pittsburgh uh, until I saw them this week. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't good. Um, the, I mean, the lions have Taylor Decker coming back for the first time this year. Uh, they're all pro not all pro. Uh, Pro Bowl. Uh, there's a difference between Pro Bowl and All Pro, I guess. Um, uh, left tackle. He's finally coming back from a finger injury. Not a finger. Yeah. So maybe there's some there's some hope there for the offensive line. They're going to move Penny Sewell over to the right as the right tackle again. Um, I'm not sure I'm in favor of that, but we'll see. I guess. I mean, the, the Lions are woefully under talented. Uh, not. Not a whole lot going on with that roster, especially on the offensive side. Jared Goff is not uh, not the quarterback of the future, not going to be in the league much longer after his contract <laughs> runs out. So that's about all we've got. I'm just hoping they win one game and maintain their, their uh, status as getting the number one draft pick as the worst team in the NFL. Um, what do you got? Yeah, I was going to say, I think we should just – you brought up the madness of the NFL this week. Yeah. I think it's worth running down some, some of the, the, the craziness. Okay. It is. And then, and then that can lead nicely into the upset special. Cause my upset was part of that craziness. Uh, um, the giants beat the Raiders. The, I don't think anyone, anyone saw that Raiders were definitely favored in that one. A Cardinals team without Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins just destroyed the 49ers. Yeah, that's this bizarre. week. Which to me, if you were saying who's the best team in the NFC, I, you got to say the Cardinals probably are because for them to be able to do that without two of their key offensive uh, components and then losing Chase Edmonds in that game for the rest of the game, I mean it. It. Hard to hard to say. There's a better team uh, in the NFC right now. Yeah, maybe the most bizarre game was the fact that the high flying Buffalo Bills could only muster six points against the Jacksonville Jaguars to lose nine to six. This is ruining everyone's survivor pool across the across the country. Like I've heard that complaint more often than anything. It ruined somebody's survivor pool. Cause who the fuck would ever think that the bills could possibly lose to the Jaguars and to score six points doing it like that. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. That, that I didn't see that game. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many people actually watched that, uh, but well, it was barely on the red zone when, when <laughs> there's not much red zone. action. There's no uh, red zone. action. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, then you had, and may, maybe this isn't so crazy, but it, it's a little crazy. The The Titans lose their star running back, Derrick Henry. They go into mm-hmm. L.A. to play a red-hot Rams team, and they beat them in L.A. They were they were not favored, and they were, they were the underdogs in that game going into L.A. Matt Stafford looked a little confused at times. Like, a little like, confused. <laughs> I'm so high glad high you brought this up. He looked like vintage Matt Stafford. And this is I what did the text whole, you that. <laughs> this is what the whole world doesn't understand about why Lions fans, or at least some Lions fans, aren't all that broken up about not having Matt Stafford as their quarterback anymore. Yes, he is light years better than than Jared Goff. He is a far, far above average. I'm not going to call him an elite. Uh, I was you know, potentially being an MVP candidate this year, but he's never been that before because he makes the dumbest mistakes at the, at the most brutal times. And for the first time this year, LA Rams fans are getting a taste of that as he threw probably the dumbest interception I've seen where he was uh, trying to avoid a safety, but it was spun around and just threw blindly to the 10 yard line, which ended up being a pick six. Uh, I saw on Twitter, and this may just be a disgruntled uh, former 
former Stafford fan, Alliance fan, but he is on the radio. Uh, Dan Rieger, I believe his name is, posted that uh, Stafford leads the NFL in pick sixes in history with 24. His 24 pick sixes against him. I, I need to look that up. I don't, I'm not sure if you have your computer set up or <laughs> over there to, to find out uh, most pick sixes in history. But if Matt Stafford has 24 of them, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised that he leads the NFL and the history of the NFL and that. But that that looked like the Stafford I know, I've known for 11 years. So I'm glad the the world got a taste of that on Sunday Night Football, at least. Now, now there's some understanding. Why couldn't the Lions get it done all this time? Or why why are Lions Lions fans some uh, happy to see Stafford go? Or time to time for a change there? Well, mm, that, Brett Favre that, has thirty one. Okay, then that was a just a disgruntled. I'm impressed that you were able, able to pull that up so quickly. But uh, so yeah, that was just an angry Lions fan posting fake Stafford facts. Stafford is seven. Seventh. Yes. So seventh he's got lots of time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's working on it. Favre, Marino, Namath, Breeze, Manning, R- Rivers. I mean, he's in good company. You know, it's just longevity, I guess. So yeah, he hasn't been in. He'll the... end up on that list. He's got like another seven years to go, probably. Eight yeah, he maybe. could very well be taking that title away from uh, Favre, Favre, Brett Favre. I'll be, I'll be sure to keep a tally, get a graphic going for that, for all of Matt Stafford's pick sixes, so. So yes, thank you for bringing that game up. And then I'll, I'll I'm going to close with this because it's going to lead into the uh, upset special this week. And it was Cleveland just steamrolled Cincinnati, which I said this is a different Cleveland team that's played the last few weeks. I'm picking them for my upset special, and mm. sure enough, it was it was 21 nothing before you could even like put a piece of popcorn or whatever snack you're eating that day watching football it was nuts i mean they just it was it was vintage new cleveland like when that offense gets rolling and chubb and 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 the receivers and and it's the moving past the odell beckham era there because he was released and that was a huge narrative in the game they even the broadcasters joked, like, don't you think the biggest narrative is going to be their 1-0 since Odell Beckham has, yeah, has left the team? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so so that moved me. I, I went to the archives, this year's archives, is because I was a little – was a little after yeah, you're doing, a little hazy on this. Well, after after I did the two Your own picks, goddamn I did picks. I did I did two picks in one week. Then I got confused. I'm Jesus. easily confused. I'm almost 50 years old, Smitty. <laughs> um so anyway, long story short, I moved to six and three on okay. the season. Um, funny thing is you sort of teased earlier my upset special of the week. I am going with the Detroit Lions oh with my their God. first victory okay. over I mean... the Steelers. They are plus 315. How wonderful that is. That's easy money right there, folks, if they just win the game outright. They're nine and a half point underdogs. They're going to cover that against the Steelers for sure. Wow. So there you're taking the points money. and the win. Well, no, I'm just taking the win. Wow. That, I'm now, just saying they are going in to Pittsburgh see, and they are going to win. You were starting to build some credibility with their six and three record. And then you just do something like this. Well, I got <laughs> a couple losses. I got a couple losses to get away with there. But no, it. <laughs> I, I watched right. I, watch, I watched the Steelers. I mean, watching the Steelers this week, and yeah, I, I, I got I've got to see them a few times, just like from watching Red Zone. And I mean, there is is there a less creative offense in the NFL? I don't think so. They <laughs> run. They run. They run. Well, everyone runs the ball, so they have their running plays. Not you know, pretty you know, standard running plays. But then. They also use their receivers as running backs way more than I've ever seen any other team do. Yeah. And then they throw like a lot of screen passes. I mean, it's it's not a very uh, vertical offense. No. It's vertically challenged to say the least. So, well, you're giving me hope. We'll see. Uh, you 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 get on that juice, baby. I'll be tuned in on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think I'll be gambling on the Lions. I'm not sure I ever will in my life. Well, but... don't worry, you'll be getting a text one way or the other on Sunday. <laughs> I will, because it's gonna be your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding you responsible. Yeah, it's me. 
not not 50 not 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 63 years of futility and uh everything that could possibly go wrong i'd be barely paying attention to the lines right now if it wasn't for you so it's your fault (laughs) yeah it's my fault (laughs) well i think before we we end this episode we do need to talk about the uh most famous person in the nfl maybe aaron Rodgers. uh we didn't talk about this before the show but uh, first of all, we have to mention uh, it was finally revealed. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we should have brought this up. <laughs> Actually, you don't even know what I'm going to say here, but uh, we should have brought this up last week, in fact, because it was finally revealed he had been growing his hair for one year for a Halloween costume. And that Halloween costume was actually John Wick, one of your favorites. Did you see that? I did not see that. You got me on that one. I didn't see that. But the funny thing is, he looks more like uh, John. He looks more like what's his name from Fargo, uh, mm. the guy putting the stuff in the wood chipper. Oh, uh, the, yeah, Steve Buscemi. I forget his character. No, Fargo, not Buscemi. But... No, oh, the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of that. I can't think of that actor's name. But he's actually in ben John Wick Two. He's in John Wick Two oh, at the beginning. Okay. He looks more like him than than John Wick. But I have never seen John Wick. I started oh. to watch it. I started to watch like the first two minutes, and you see that puppy, and I knew immediately they were going to kill that dog. And I'm like, nope, nope, I am not watching this. What's so weird to bring up John Wick is I literally watched it last night. Of course, it's one of my yep. favorite movies. So it was finally revealed. That was why Aaron Rodgers was was growing his hair long uh, just for this costume. I, I thought he looked like him, but I'm not. A, again, I'm not a John Wick aficionado, but. Uh, but the real news, it was revealed that Aaron Rodgers is a, indeed a liar and misled the public about him being vaccinated as he has tested positive uh, for COVID-19 and had told reporters, at least, that he had he had, quote unquote, been immunized. Immunized. He was, yes. He was having fun with the English language and being disingenuous. I'm not sure if he. uh was lying to the Packers or the NFL, which I haven't seen how, if there's more fallout from this, but you know, there are certain protocols for players that are back are vaccinated, you know, that, or are not vaccinated that vaccinated players do not have to follow. Um, and I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is trying to get away with that, or if he was just trying to, uh, not even have to deal with the issue with the, with the public or with the reporters and just, you know, he can say anything he wants, but He's really let down a large portion of his fan base. So it's funny because like you and I were talking even a couple weeks ago, how we're, we're finally almost like kind of liking Aaron Rodgers for the first time, how he was just sort of, you know, he just didn't give a shit anymore and just kind of said whatever he wanted. And then, then you find out he's lying about something, <laughs> something so, so important and something that really upset a lot of people. So it was just, just unreal. It's like the first time in my life I started to like the guy. And then within a week, I fucking hate him again. So I, I guess it, I guess it uh, makes perfect sense that I should have never, we should have never been on his side for a moment. But yeah. Did you see uh Lazard fell into getting fined too? the wide receiver? Because no. so this came out, I think it was earlier today. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. The 10th. Yeah. Uh, so, so the Lazard and Rogers both got fined $14,650 because they both attended this Halloween party and that's against the rules if you're not vaccinated. Oh, so it all comes back to John Wick again. And then the Packers got fined $300,000 for all of these incidents, which I guess they must have had a hand in it in what the nfl like reviewed so so it's a big it's a it's a pretty big mess over there um but i think he he is gonna play right is he playing this week or something uh depend i forget what the nfl protocol is like if he tests negative like several times yeah it has to be twice within 24 or with with tested twice but it has to be more than a 24 hour time span or something like that. Well, I mean, it's again, it's a personal choice. I think it's a foolish choice not to be vaccinated, but if he chooses not to, that's one thing, but then to, to mislead everybody about it is just cowardly. I mean, you'd think 
he, he's so outspoken about so many different things and for him to shrivel up and not not say that he was he was not vaccinated time and and play play some verbal gymnastics is i mean just dishonorable cowardly so congratulations Aaron you you're a, you're a dickhead but uh unless you have anything else i think we can wrap up episode 24 yeah i think that's it i uh, another good week i didn't forget anything good nice again i'm proud of myself <laughs> well uh you can catch this podcast on our social media networks at limp ditkas uh you can find our merchandise at limpditkas.com you can find this podcast anywhere you'd like to find a podcast. So with that, I'm going to call this Dagger Time. We out. Peace. Peace.